Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. We want to show a lot of gratitude for our other sponsors. We'll talk about throughout the show as well. Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. Well, before we get to our studio guests, let's recap last week. And I learned a lot last week. I don't know. Um, Logan, I don't know if you were motivated last week, but I, when I left, I was like pl- playing Rocky music. I was ready to go work out, get in a ring somewhere by myself, obviously not to fight someone. But Julius Juicebox Walker was here, and we talked MMA fighting. Yeah, I was definitely inspired by his work ethic and his drive and the passion that he has for it, you know, being a Greenwood and Drury basketball player to transition to boxing and fighting in the the UFC and MMA is is an interesting transition you know I'm yeah like you said I'm not interested in getting into an octagon <laughs> to throw punches at anybody no. anytime soon but you know I, I inspired by the the passion that he has for it and and you know the support system that he has around him it was really cool to listen to him just talk about it and um you know there were a few times where he's sitting here describing dislocating elbows and shoulders oh goodness, and yeah. tearing ligaments and i'm like good lord now, and, and other than that it was pretty entertaining and to be fair he's the one dislocating them he didn't yeah. get any dislocating we got to make sure he keeps his cred correct correct <laughs> yes i mean yeah that was uh he said when they shut that gate and you're in this cage and i couldn't get past the word cage um so that mentality is fascinating to me um and i have a lot of admiration for how hard they work and um and the strategy that they use in that sport so, good times. You can listen to that show. If you've missed it and you want to hear about MMA, professional fighting, you can listen to Julius Juicebox Walker at acoachesperspective.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Helium Satellite Radio, all under A Coach's Perspective. All right, so I'm very excited about our show because this is an annual show that I like to have. Uh, we have two very prominent high school basketball tournaments um, that are in uh, right between Christmas and New Year's, and they are traditions in this area. And we're going to talk about, of course, I'm, I am referring to the Pink and White Lady Classic and the Blue and Gold Tournaments, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, the Blue and Gold is ran by Greenwood Laboratory School. Um, Pink and White is ran by Greenwood Laboratory School within a partnership with Springfield Public Schools. So Josh Scott and um, Darren Taylor work together um, as the tournament directors for the Pink and White with Jason Michael and Mike Percival as the tournament coordinators. And I have Mike Percival here, so welcome to the show, Mike. We're going to talk a little Pink and White tonight, aren't we? Sounds good to me. And we also are going to talk about Blue and Gold. And Darren Taylor is the tournament director for Blue and Gold. But I have a Blue and Gold correspondent, (laughs) who's also my Cardinals correspondent, a lot of my correspondent. But I have no stranger to any of the airwaves in this station. I want to welcome Don Lusader. Thanks for having me, Jenny. It's been way too long, it seems like, since I've been on your show. Way too long. But I I like that. always come on. Two things. I'll always come on and talk about the St. Louis Cardinals. I'll always come on and talk about the Blue and Gold Tournament. <laughs> yes. You can count on that. Good. I appreciate that so much uh, because you are, you have so much knowledge. You are a historian of the Blue and Gold. How many have you been to now in a row? Well, I have been to every one since I moved back to Springfield in 95 after I lived in Southeast Missouri for four years. I missed one year of the tournament when I lived in Farmington, so I missed 1994. It took me forever, by the way, to get a program. I had a friend who was supposed to buy a program for me that year, and he'd failed 
to complete his assignment. So it took me years. Would I you think like Don, to publicly shame him right now? Well, no, it, yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to mention his name, though. But Don West, who is, uh, you know, one of the foremost oh, historians, historian. along with Robert Vestal, the official historian, um, I think I'm kind of hopefully uh, up to number three behind those guys. But uh, but Don West got me a copy of the 1994 program that I was missing. Uh, so I have been to every blue and gold uh, as a member of the media since 95. And I have been to probably since 1972 when my dad and I first started going when I was about three years old. Uh, I think I've missed maybe three over those years. Wow. One year when I was home from college, when I went to Mizzou, I was back home. The 1989 tournament, I was as sick as could be and did not go. But uh, I've been to pretty much all of them since the early 70s. It's a tradition in this yes. area, that's for sure. We're going to talk a lot about the blue and gold and some of the games, key matchups. We'll talk a little bit about the history, but um, I just love the community element both of these tournaments bring to the Ozarks, um, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, Mike, I, I you've been to a lot of pink and white Lady Classics. How uh, many has, uh, I mean, you started out little bit of history. Uh, the Pekin White started the 72-73 school year. Uh, Dr. Jim Jester started it at Greenwood Laboratory School to mirror the blue and gold tournament that had started in the, Don, help me out, 1948. Actually, 1947 in February was the first one. Oh, okay. There you go. Fun fact trivia question for you all. So we have um, we have we have this tradition of of blue and gold, and then a pink and white came around with Dr. Jim Jester starting that to to mirror um, the blue and gold, and, and started that for the girls. Um, it played at Greenwood, and then McDonald Arena. The blue and golds went from McDonald Arena to to Hammonds, and then now it's Hammonds and Great Southern Bank Arena, and and it's just a, a staple. And and Mike, you've been involved with a lot of pink and white tournaments. I have been, including 1989 when you played and I directed. So. That's right, yes. So you've not only coached in them, you were the tournament director for for a time and now the tournament coordinator. And so you've had a hand in it for a long time and you always bring teams to the pink and white. Tell me why you think this tournament is so important for girls basketball in our area. I think it's just a, a huge opportunity for a lot of teams to get out into the public eye. And, of course, day one is always that day when – they're looking around for the David and Goliath and somebody to get knocked off. And, you know, everybody really gets excited by day two because then you start getting some classic matchups within the tournament. So I think it's really a, a great time of year if you're a basketball junkie. And you, you have had some wonderful teams that have played in this tournament along your stops, most notably um, Hart, when you were at Hartville, a smaller school, and you got to play some of the bigger schools. What was that experience like for your players then? It, it was interesting at that time we were building that program and we were trying to to come up in the world in the basketball world and and it was a an interesting experience for them to be combined with such larger schools and have an opportunity to play with them and it helped our program a lot it, it does make a big difference um, it really does and the pink and white has a, a storied history republic has won the most titles in the pink and white um, with five titles um, marshfield won four titles and um, Central has won four titles. Uh, Marionville, back with coach Steve Shepard, his was the only team to win three consecutive pink and whites. And I remember that. It was in McDonald Arena. It was in that 1989, 1990, yeah. 1991. Yeah, they were pretty good. They were pretty good. <laughs> yes. And McDonald Arena, if there's anybody out there that's a little nostalgic when I say McDonald Arena, I'm with you. I love that gym. It was a military-sized gym. It's 100 by 50, the largest court in the state of Missouri. 
Um, I know officials used to drive them crazy to call that game because of all the lines oh, yeah. um, that are. <laughs> you didn't know where the three point line was, right. the free throw line, or anything else. Right? I know. You had to really follow <laughs> along to see where they were. So, but it, as a coach, I always liked um, that court, and as a player, because you know it's hard to press on that court, um, but but you were able to use it as a strategy as well to have all that space. Um, but in 1993, Dr. Edsel Matthews. Um, he started uh, something to mirror the tournament of champions for the boys, and he started the Lady Classic. And he worked with Jane Meyer, and and they worked on that tournament um, to put that together. And they brought in teams from out of town to play some of the local teams, and that was a tremendous tournament for many years. Um, it was uh, it, it started out at Hammond Student Center, and then it moved over to Drury University, and that is where where um, it is still played today because the two tournaments, Mark Fisher. Um, decided to uh, merge him and Kent Hedgepeth got together and they decided to merge the two tournaments since they were at the same time and so this is the 12th year for the pink and white lady classic and so a little bit of history there for us and um, I think this is uh, you know when you were part of the coaches um, that was part of that merger what did you think about bringing both of those tournaments together well I think it was a unique idea it was a good way to take advantage back when the tournaments were separate it made it difficult a lot of times that whether you wanted to go see the pink and white or you wanted to go see the lady classic. So by merging those together, that helped a lot of basketball fans be able to make those choices. Yeah. And it, and it, um, separated the brackets. Did you have a pink division and a white division now before it was pink and white was just one bracket. And now there's a pink division and a, and a, a white division. So, um, that's a, that's a tremendous, uh, tremendous concept that they came up with to bring that together. So as we are looking at the pink and white tournament, uh, we're going to look at the pink division first, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, and then we're going to talk about the white division, and then we're going to do all things blue and gold as well and look at those brackets. Um, you can go to um, Greenwood's website, uh, greenwood.missouristate.edu, and there are brackets to so go to athletics page, and you can see the brackets there on the website. That is so handy. Thank Isn't you, Jenny. It? Yeah, yes, it is so handy. <laughs> you can get the brackets from there. And so, yeah, so let's talk a little bit of pink division. Um, we have some out-of-town teams that are coming in. Uh, Fort Smith, Northside, no stranger to the pink and white. They've been there uh, a few times. Um, and they are the number one seed. Um, and they're, gonna t- they're going to play Hillcrest in the first round. Um, Fort Smith, Northside. Solid team. Um, then local team Kickapoo got the second seed in Fair Grove, uh, defending state champions. Um, they got the uh, third seed. And who are they going to be playing, Mike? Uh, the Greenwood, Missouri team. There we go. <laughs> which, we, we get a lot of got to get a lot of attention until people realize it's Greenwood, Arkansas they're talking about right. instead of Greenwood, Missouri. So. Yes. Well, so um, Coach Percival is the girls' coach at Greenwood Laboratory School, and so. Um, you've got you got a great game plan for Fair Grove, I'm quite sure, and uh, that's going to be a first round game, uh, 2 p.m. Um, we've got the the fourth seed that is in the tournament is West Plains, who they have been playing very well. I got to see them play in the um, the Bill Rowe Queen City Showcase, and they did a they did a really nice job. He's got such a solid program there. Yeah, Coach Womack does a great job. Uh, the fifth seed is going to be El Dorado Springs. Um, just played a tough game against Fair Grove. Um, Fair Grove ended up beating them in a kind of a 
state championship rematch um, this week, but uh, they'll they'll take on Camden Ten. Um, the sixth seed is Rogersville, and they're going to be um, playing Central. And then the seventh seed is Ozark, and they'll be playing Buffalo. Branson, the eighth seed, and they'll be playing Aurora. So this pink division, any games or matchups that stand out to you? Oh, there's just a few here and there. There's there's going to be some really interesting matchups. I like the one with the, with Rogersville and Central above us just because it's of interest to me. We'll get the winner-loser of that according to how we fall. But it'll be interesting as we get into the second and third day. There'll be some really good matchups, some really strong teams going against each other head-to-head. Well, let's talk about some of the elements from, from a coach's perspective if you don't mind me saying that no uh, pun intended <laughs> love it love it <laughs> so you there are some elements to this um that you are playing between christmas and and new year's so trying to find a time to sufficiently practice is sometimes a challenge during this time because you want them to have a life you know you want them to have some off the court um, experiences with a major holiday of christmas and enjoy family time um, but how you know how do you deal with some of those elements of between Christmas and New Year's and finding the practice time to do that? They're not in school, so they may you know you you play you play at two p.m. They may sleep till eleven or twelve. I doubt that you'll have them at a shoot around early. But you know how, what are some of those elements about this tournament that you have to think about? It's it's just a unique setup. Of a, uh, it's not starting till the twenty seventh helps us a lot because. A lot of coaches differ on their opinions. I do not like to do anything on Christmas Day. I like to just leave that alone. But, you know, if you're coming in on the 26th, that makes that an interesting choice. A lot of teams will go ahead and maybe practice on a Christmas night late or something, get a shoot around. I'm not a fan of that. We would probably practice Christmas Eve morning for a short one and then leave everything alone and let the chips fall where they may. But, you know, it's, it is difficult, and there's there's opinions all over the place. <laughs> yes. So, it is. That, to me, is one of the elements you have to think about. Um, as much as the, the community and fans enjoy both of these tournaments, coaches and players are, are looking at this. This is a very competitive environment, and this is a chance to really kind of show what you're made of. You've already had your first part of your season, so you've been able to evaluate the chinks in your armor. Um, the pink and white, you're going to have alumni show up. You're going to have you know former players there. Um, so you definitely want to put out a, a good showing. I think that's also an added element. All right, well, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll look at the white division, and then we'll look at the blue and gold tournament as well and kind of break down some of that information. Again, you can go to greenwood.missouristate.edu under athletics, and you can see all of the brackets there. We want to thank Great Southern Bank for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be right back with Mike Percival and Don Luzader right here on A Coach's Perspective. Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins. I have Mike Percival here and Don Luzader. We're talking about some holiday tournaments, specifically uh, the Pink and White Lady Classic and the Blue and Gold Tournament. Um, Greenwood puts on the Blue and Gold Tournament. Um, Greenwood puts on the Pink and White in partnership, in a valued partnership with the Springfield Public Schools after 
The two tournaments merged, the Pink and White Lady Classic. There are a lot of tournaments going on. The Kenlock Wrestling Tournament is also a, a very popular holiday tournament. Um, there's a tournament in Walnut Grove. There are a lot of ter- holiday tournaments. So if you love high school basketball, uh, Southwest Missouri is a great place to be in that holiday season to check out those tournaments. So we've talked a little bit about the pink division. Uh, let's talk, um, Coach Percival, about the white division. Um, I think that, you know, this is, again, we've got an out-of-town team that's coming in, Greenwood, Arkansas. And they uh, they were in the tournament last year. Pretty impressive group. Yes, they're they're pretty solid. They're fun to watch. Got a couple of kids on there that can really get your attention and play well. It's it's fun to see them play. They have um, some very talented players coming in, and they're going to kick off with Parkview. I think Parkview plays one of the out-of-town teams the first round almost every year out of the luck of the draw. I'm not sure if Carrie Nichols would say it was the luck of the draw. No, but... no, she probably wouldn't. <laughs> but it seems like we trade off a lot. If she's playing, then we're not, and vice versa. Because last year you played Greenwood, Arkansas, yes. right? So it was yes. Greenwood versus Greenwood, um, which uh, was an interesting flavor. But I will say, you know, uh, you never count out uh, Coach Nichols and her team. She gets them to play very hard, and you never she will have um, a great game plan. Uh, they will always play solid defense. So you never count her out at all. So the number um, two seed, which I think is, uh, is going to be a good matchup, is Nixa, and they're going to be taking on Lebanon. Uh, the three seed is Marshfield. They'll be taking on Catholic. We have the four seed is Republic. They'll be taking on Mount Vernon. Fifth seed is Glendale. They're going to be taking on Thayer. Um, and the sixth seed is Skyline. Um, and they're going to be taking on Sarcoxy. And I don't know if it's, if it's me or not. It seems like Skyline always plays well in the pink and white tournament. Yes, yes, they do. I mean, they're very difficult to prepare for. So you get them in a four-day tournament and, you have your hands full. They play extremely hard. Coach Cheek does a great job. He does do a good job. Um, not that we'd want him to know. So nobody this list, don't tell him we said that. Don't tell him we said that. No, we, we love <laughs> Coach Kevin Cheek. Um, you know, he just like you, he's in the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association Hall of Fame. And so, but he always does a really good job of getting his players ready for the pink and white. It's always impressive to me. Um, seventh seed is Strafford. Um, they're going to be taking on Bolivar. What does it say for, for this this bracket for a Strafford team to be the seventh seed. Yeah, that would, would should tell you that it's a pretty strong bracket, that there's a lot of talent, a lot of solid teams in there, because Strafford usually quite quite a bit higher than that. But I'm sure Coach Larson will have his crew ready to go. He definitely will. I got a chance to see them in the Norm Stewart Classic. Very impressive ball club. Lauren Jones hit her thousandth point during that game. Um, they just really have, uh, he's done a, a wonderful job there at Stratford. Eighth seed is Chadwick and they'll be taking on Clever. Um what do you what do you see in that first round? What are some of the matchups that you like? Well I see two or three that that ought to be potentially interesting. I don't want to go very far outside that round. We don't want to predict anything because you don't want to take me to Vegas, I'm sure. <laughs> but but there's there's two or three things. Like you said, the Parkview, they'll play hard. They'll give Greenwood a battle as best they can. Uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see Marshfield and Springfield Catholic because Springfield Catholic's been playing really well here of late. Mm-hmm. So Marshfield has loaded up. Coach Pritchett's doing a great job. Katie Pritchett's doing a fantastic job there. And I really like um, you know, how Republic always shows up and plays um, in the pink and white as well. That always seems to be a very strong tournament for them. Yeah, I always enjoy watching Coach Flood get stressed out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, that's a great great games, great matchups. Um 
And the, and the element that I also love about these two tournaments is that you, you, anything can happen. Anybody can beat That's anybody. True. There's always a surprising uh, team that comes up from an unranked team that beats a ranked team, it's surprising. And I think that's something that's a little bit fun, too, about this tournament. Yeah, I agree. That between the pink and white and the blue and gold, there's always something interesting that happens. Rarely is it that every seeded team wins in that first round. Right. Usually somebody, like you say, somebody jumps up and surprises you. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Okay, well, is that one of the things, Don, that you love about the blue and gold, too, as well, is that there's the upsets and the – Oh my gosh, I thought this team was going to win. They just got beat. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've participated. I didn't get to take part this year because I had another event here at the station. But <clears throat> for about 10 or 11 years in a row, I've been a part of the, the seating committee. And so, um, you know, we gather together, uh, members of the media gather together with um, Coach Taylor, and uh, we go over to Greenwood and, and we sit down and, you know, we all agree on who the number one seeds are and then just kind of take it from there. And once we establish those first eight seeds, those rest of the teams, and I'm, I'm sure it's similar to the pink and white, we just draw those out of a hat once we get the seeded teams. We, we're careful to watch for any repeat matchups, you know, that we had the year before and stuff like that to try to make it as fair as possible. But once you get those eight seeded teams down, it's pretty much the luck of the draw after that. So in a way, when you see the top four seeds advance to the final four, you're like, ah, we did a good job of seeding that thing. But you really root for the upsets because that's what makes the tournament so fun is not picking the the top four, although I'm sure the top four would all like to go, you know, to the final four. But the chance for a a smaller school to knock off a bigger school, uh, that's what I think makes this tournament unique is that these are all teams in southwest Missouri. Uh, You know, I mean, Camden to Lake of the Ozarks area, but still, I mean, West Plains, uh, one of the furthest teams off to the east. But these are all teams from southwest Missouri playing each other. This is the tournament where the big guys and the small guys play when it comes to school size. And to see one of those uh, unseated teams knock off a seated team, or in the case, uh, we haven't had very many of them in uh, the recent years, but occasionally a team will get by that's unseated and get all the way to the finals. And that's really cool to see. That is cool. It is. It's a lot of fun. And that element um, of, you know, a lot of these, you know, towns, um, I remember when Marionville won those, you know, three in a row, Ping and White tournament. I mean, no one was in Marionville during those games. No one was in Marionville. All the lights were off, yeah. and they were at McDonald Arena cheering on that team. And I, I think that's really cool. You bring such a community, and there's a lot of reunions that happen. I mean, and you know, you go every year. So there's people that you see once a year at the Blue and Gold Tournament as a tradition. Yeah, and you don't see them at any other time. And, uh, boy, you know, I, I, I still think of our late friend uh, Dale Franska, who had attended every single Blue and Gold Tournament. Yes. And he would sit down there in that first row there over at Great Southern Bank Arena, and I always made sure that I went over there and spent some time talking to him uh, because, I mean, here's a guy who had been a part of history. Uh, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see now how many people have been to every single, because this is the 78th annual, so it, I don't know who has been to every right. single one of them, but there can't be that many people right. left <laughs> out there true. who has been to every Blue and Gold That's tournament. That's true. I see his daughter, Terry, and, and her husband, Ryan Schaffitzel, sitting over there with their family now, and they sit in the same section. Yeah. And- um, yes, yeah, so I definitely I love that element. All right. Well, we're going to talk blue and gold when we, we take a break. All right. But before we go to break, I think if people want to stick around and continue listening, they need to know if my correspondent is legit. So I'm going to quiz you on the blue and gold. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. And I have a trivia. I have on. a trivia question, too, that I'd like to ask. Ooh, excellent. So, okay. Excellent. All right. Who won in the gold division 1969? 
Uh, who won in the gold division in 1969? Well, you know, that was the year I was born. So that's one of the tournaments that I did not attend because <laughs> I was barely, I, I was born like three months before that. But that year, it was a very tight battle between Joplin Parkwood and Nixa. And Parkwood beat the Nixa Eagles 52 to 51 in that gold division championship over at McDonald Arena. Oh, my goodness. Okay. How about the gold division in 1996? Uh, 1996, uh, that was one of the first years that I started going, uh, 95, when I moved back to Springfield, I started going to pretty much every game. Uh, that was, uh, Bolivar's year. The Liberators beat Glendale in the finals, uh, to win that tournament. And, uh, Lebanon actually took third place that year, beating Rogersville in a third place game of the gold division. There you go. Okay. What about 1982? Well, uh, Mr. Percival, what about 1982? Yeah. Were you uh, were you a part of uh, that tournament? I understand yeah, for I the eleven and yellow jackets. I was a part. I actually had my career high game in that blue and gold tournament that year. Did you? Oh, I had a whopping twelve points. Look All out. right. Look who was out. your coach then? For the that would have been Frank Branstetter. Branstetter, who formerly coached at Marshfield back when I was a, a little one. He was the coach of the Blue Jays. Uh, so uh, Rogersville, Gary McDaniel's Rogersville, Logan Rogersville Wildcats beat Lebanon in the finals that year, fifty three. To 35 there you go all right okay well i think my correspondent is legit you should see the the record keeping that he has here this is uh amazing so we're <laughs> going to ask talk... my question oh yeah okay, okay. absolutely so bring it on here here's your trivia question what was the last what year was the last blue and gold tournament game played at mcdonald arena we were talking about you know that historic gymnasium what was the last year <clears throat> that the blue and gold was played at mcdonald arena and for extra credit who played in that game or who won that game I'm going to say, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that it was 1996 or 97. Am I even close? You're about a decade, over a decade uh, too early there. Really? Yeah. Okay. Can I tell you the answer then? Okay. The answer is 2008. Uh, That was the last year that the first round was played. And what was interesting about that year is uh, JQH Arena, now Great Southern Bank Arena, had just opened. And so there were games played in Hammond Student Sitter, JQH Arena, and McDonald Arena. But the first round Blue Division games were played at McDonald Arena. The very late game of the day, Aurora defeated Ash Grove uh, in that game, 69 to 42. So those were the last two teams to play a blue and gold game at Old McDonald Arena. There we go. Fantastic. That is a good trivia question. And I was way off. And I was the tournament director in that back at that time. <laughs> I was the pink and white. So I was trying to think of when we had to share because the yeah, pink because and white. They shared, didn't yeah, they? yeah, the first day we went at Greenwood. And then the rest of the tournament was at McDonald Arena. And we went at Greenwood because the blue and gold used uh, McDonald Arena. But yeah, yeah, it was way off. I would love walking over from Hammond slash JQH. And, you know, I was just Hammond's before JQH was built. But walking over to McDonald Arena to watch three or four games over there. And they had the best chili in that hospitality room over there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And a shout out to the pink and white and the blue and gold. Hospitality rooms oh, are amazing. That's I, what makes the tournament so good is the yes, hospitality room. Yes. And I, I want to, I'll take a half a second before we take our next break. Logan, what'd you think about that hospitality room at the Bill Rowe Queen City Showcase? Solid as ever. Nice little cereal bar they had set up for us. <laughs> it's perfect when I'm calling games at three o'clock in the morning. Get, right. get a little breakfast food in my system. <laughs> yeah. Better. Yeah. Shout out uh, to Laura Hayes for, for coordinating that hospitality room. And the, and that is definitely a big part uh, element of the tournaments. All right. We're going to take our, our final break. We are so grateful for um, Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment. Highland Dairy. 
They are owned by dairy farmers. They've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. Hey, scientific studies and professional dietitians all agree that the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk. And Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate. And we're very uh, proud that they sponsor a coach's perspective. We also are grateful for Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here with Mike Percival and Don Luzader on a coach's perspective. Coach's Perspective. This segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. They know cars. They know trucks. They know SUVs. They know service. And they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. you got to give Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey a call. They will take care of you. They'll do a coast-to-coast search, find exactly what you're looking for. And bonus, it's going to be in your price range. So give them a call at 417-326-7671. And we also want to thank West Logging. Go to westlogging.com or find Danny West on Facebook. He'll give you a free consultation, and he's going to treat your land like his own. And we also want to thank Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. So we have Mike Percival here and Don Luzader, and we're talking holiday tournaments, specifically the Greenwood and Springfield Public Schools Pink and White Lady Classic and the Greenwood Blue and Gold. And we have kind of covered the the pink and white lady classic and now we're going to shift over and talk about the greenwood blue and gold and i have um my blue and gold correspondent <laughs> is john luzader um but i tell you there is a, an actual historian that has created a treasure of this tournament oh, yes. i love the way robert vestal's brain works i love all of the knowledge that he has and that he has developed the keepsakes um of this tournament Tell us about his book. Well, and just really quickly, too, Robert, uh, you know, th- this is his hobby. I mean, Robert has not only compiled books on the state tournament. He's had a couple of volumes of those, I believe. Uh, and you should really buy one of those, too, because they're very interesting. Wrote those with George Wilson. Yes, who's also George Wilson. You betcha. of knowledge. You betcha. And, uh, but he, I mean, even well beyond the, the Blue and Gold and the state tournament, I mean, he has researched teams uh, basketball teams from the smallest communities you would ever imagine. And he's gotten rosters for those teams who played wow. on those teams, score books, uh, score books wow. for those teams. Uh, Robert just really has a, a love for high school basketball in this area. So Robert for years said, I'm working on a blue and gold book. And I'm like, each year I was like, so how, how are you coming along? How are you coming along? Right. You know, is it done yet? Is it done yet? I can't wait. And then finally, uh, I believe it was, uh, last year. Uh, that he uh, that he put this book out and uh, and it is called. Let me make sure I have the correct title of it here: <laughs> The History of the Blue and Gold Tournament, seventy five years, nineteen forty seven to twenty twenty. So uh, so he started selling this right around the time of the twenty twenty one Blue and Gold. So wow, that's been two years now that this book has been out. But I talked to Robert uh, via Facebook today, and he says he still has a few copies of this book, uh, but can get more printed. And so if you would like to order this, and I'm telling you, this is a year-by-year history of every game broken down, uh, highlights of every game, you know, who scored how many points, photos think, of the championship teams. Do you think teams. Coach Percival's 12 points with Lebanon that is in that Well, uh, it, it might be, but in <laughs> the championship game, he only scored one point in that game against Rogersville. He's just listed as having scored one point in that game, but I bet you that 12-point game was one of those That's other a big point. games that tournament. Was, so. And you played great defense, and you got a lot of rebounds. There you, you go. 
You yeah. did a lot of things. You set screens. That was my job. <laughs> exactly. Coach said I always got in the way, so what better person to have screen than somebody who gets in the way? Everybody's got to have a role. I love <laughs> So Robert's book breaks down the blue division every year, right on up from the first-round games to the championship, the gold division. Also just facts about the tournament, you know, the programs, how much the programs cost, who performed at some of the, uh, you know, back when they had the jazz bands and the and the uh, pom-poms and, and who performed that year and also a list of all the officials for each year of the tournament as well. So everything you could imagine, complete history of the tournament. And if you would like a copy of Robert's book, uh, you can do a couple things. You can call him at 417-241-1863, 417-241-1863. You can also email bg75years at gmail.com. That's bg75years at gmail.com. And Robert uh, will make sure that you're able to purchase a copy of his book. Well, that is wonderful. Appreciate that history. All right, so moving to uh, the near future, let's look at the brackets for this year. Let's look at some of the the matchups that we have. Um, We are going to first look at the Blue Division and the Blue Division. The number one seed is Nixa. They're going to be taking on Reed Spring. Uh, the number two seed Republic, and they're going to be playing Buffalo. Number three seed Hartville is going to take on Stockton. Fourth seed Rogersville is taking on Camdenton, the fifth seed. And uh, this is going to be a good game. I think Fairgrove is taking on Aurora. Yes. Uh, yes. And sixth seed is going to be Willard over Bolivar. Seventh seed is is um, Catholic over West Plains. And then the eighth seed um, is is going to be Lebanon taking on Mountain Grove. So what stands out to you on some of those matchups? Well, Don? first of all, you mentioned Willard Bolivar. We talked to uh, Willard's coach on our sister station, KWTO, this morning, and he says Bolivar always comes ready to play. Willard got the sixth seed in that blue division, but he says watch out for Bolivar. They're always tough. Uh, the thing is, you know, Nixa has a history of being the number one seed in this tournament. In fact, uh, their former coach, Jay Osborne, uh, is the winningest coach all time in the Blue and Gold Tournament with 78 wins and 26 losses, by far the winningest coach, 32 years. Now, early on he coached Pleasant Hope, uh, and then he coached the Knicks Eagles for so many years. But Jay is the winningest coach in the history of the tournament. So there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of pressure uh, post-Jay Osborne, but they just keep turning out good athletes every single year. And so Knicks is the number one seed playing that Reed Spring team. I think uh, Republic, Republic is a team that starts the year with their own tournament. And I always try to go over and watch a little bit of that tournament every year. And Republic ended up, they had such tough competition in their own tournament, they played in the seventh-place game. They lost their first two games of that tournament. What they do, though, is they bring in some teams, really good teams from Arkansas, teams from uh, other parts of Missouri, and uh, they faced two really tough opponents and, and lost those first two rounds and ended up, like I said, playing for that seventh-place game. But here's what happens. They just keep getting better and better as the year goes along. So they're the number two seed. I think they're going to be tough. Uh, Hartville's the number three seed. That would be a nice matchup in the semifinals if it gets that far. And Nick's uh, uh, matching up against any of those teams would be great. We'll see if anyone can knock off uh, the Knicks the Eagles. I think it'll be tough. And then um, you want me to go ahead now, and go well, to the goal, I, of goal course division? I, you know, and, and Nick's had just had um, knockdown drag out with Central. Yeah, Central, I want to talk about yeah, that. Getting victory over Nixa, which is One what a great point. win. For Springfield Central since 2009, I, don't, I think, uh, that they haven't been beat. So um, they haven't beat Nixa since mm-hmm. 2009. So that was a great uh, win for Coach Epps over at Central. Yeah, every once in a while, very rare, but we'll have the two champions of the Blue and Gold meet. This is pretty cool because the two number one seeds of the Blue and Gold tournament meet literally just, uh, what, uh, six days or so before the <laughs> tournament starts with Nixa and Central having a barn burner 
with Central winning that game by one point, Jenny, last night, 75-74. to 74. And Central, uh, this is a team that, you know, the Springfield schools play every other year in the Blue and Gold Tournament, so we only get to see Central every two years. Uh, you know, Glendale, Kickapoo, Parkview, they, they alternate out every year. Uh, but uh, Central, this is their 30th Blue and Gold. They have nine championships over the years. Of course, uh, they were really good, too, back in some of the early days uh, when they were Springfield uh, Senior High School. And uh, they have nine first-place championships, three second-place uh, titles, and uh, four third-place finishes for an overall record of 65-22. and 22. But this team is really good this year. They have the number one seed playing Skyline. Uh, Sparta and Greenwood. Greenwood is the number five seed playing Crane. Sparta, the number four seed playing Spokane. That would be a very good second-round matchup to see if it's Greenwood and Sparta. Uh, but I think Central is definitely the class of that uh, that upper part of the division, and then you have Ozark, the number two seed, playing clever. And this is the gold division this is the that gold. you're talking mm-hmm. about now. Let's yep, move over the to gold. that gold. Uh, you have Ozark playing clever, and then you have Branson, the seven seed, playing Ava, and then uh, the two late games. And the gold division first round games are all played at Great Southern Bank Arena. The blue division first round games are all played over at Hammond Center. Number six, Stratford plays Mount Vernon that night at eight o'clock. And number three, Glendale plays Marshfield. So, you know, it is very possible. I mean, Ozark may have something to say about it, but it's very possible we could see an all-Springfield matchup of Central and Glendale. Those are two teams that are both definitely good enough to get to championship night. You know, looking at, at these uh, matchups, I, I see some elements here. I'm like, oh, that's going to be a good game. That's going to be a good game. It is just the luck of the draw, just to remind people that, you know, the, the top eight are seated in each bracket, and then you draw who their opponent is going to be in the first yeah. round. Out of a hat. Yes, literally. out of a hat. Yeah. So you could uh, you could get a, almost an 8-9 or an 8-10 seed if you actually seeded all of them. You know, So a lot of these are, are, are great matchups, and I think that um, – Definitely the, the tournament committee, the seating committee, did a nice job of putting these together. Um, perennial, each and every year, who are some of the teams that you love to watch that always just bring it in the in the Greenwood Bloom? Well, I always love watching Marshfield just because they're my alma mater. There's been years where they've been up. There's been years where they've been down, but it's always fun watching them and, and just kind of remembering, you know, uh, watching them when I was in school. Of course, they're up against a tough uh, Glendale team this year in the tournament. But it's it's fun watching Marshfield every year. It's fun watching Greenwood every year, especially, boy, when Aminu Muhammad played. That was really a treat to get to watch that guy. He was something special who came through here and has the single-game scoring record in uh, Blue and Gold history. A uh, guy by the name of Tim Williams had the record in a uh, – he was with the Niangua in a four-overtime game back in 1981. But Aminu Muhammad broke that record in regulation. Uh, so – that's that's pretty impressive what the show he was able to put on. So I love watching uh, Darren Taylor's teams play. Uh, I love watching Nixa play. I love watching Rogersville. Of course, you know, growing up in the COC, these are schools that I watched a lot, you know, when I was in uh, in Marshfield. So uh, one thing I want to note, Jenny, that may be a little bit different this year, and it is actually a little bit, a lot different, uh, The we're used to the, once you get to the uh, semifinal games and the, actually the quarterfinal games, semifinal games, championship games, normally the blue division always plays before the gold division. Well, it's flip-flopped this year. So the gold division games in the quarterfinals will be getting underway at 9.30 that morning uh, at uh, Great Southern Bank Arena. And then the blue division games will start at 5 that afternoon. So instead of playing the blue early and the gold late, it's flip-flopped this year, right on through uh, championship night. And if you want to find the brackets, you can go to greenwood.missouristate.edu yes. under athletics. Yes. And they are listed there. Or you can also go under um, 
You know, there's actually a link for blue and gold and pink and white on the website. Thank you for putting those up, by the way, because again, I do, I print (laughs) those out and, uh, and they, they will go into my official binder that that I have here. So this, uh, (laughs) this binder that is in front of uh, John Luzader is quite impressive. I mean, it is just a plethora of information on this tournament and, um, you know, this is something I think that is is really cool is not only – so you're the operations manager here at Zimmer Communications. That's yes. your day job. Thank you. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. But but one of your passions besides your jobs, because <laughs> honestly, um, you are so talented at what you do. I mean, bringing us the news and working as hard as you do, um, your job is almost like a lifestyle. I mean, you enjoy sure. communications yes. business. Yes. But your passions, um, Cardinals baseball. Absolutely. Yes. St. Louis and, and Springfield. That's right. Yep. And uh, the Blue and Gold Tournament. The Blue and Gold Tournament and mini golf, too. Let's not forget well, about that. Well, okay. So that's I'm glad that you one. brought that up because <laughs> my next segue is you are also a talented athlete as well. Let's talk about your miniature golf real quick. And um, my daughter, Haley Joe, if she's listening, <laughs> You're he welcome, said yes. Haley. She's going to nominate him for Holy Moly. I would love that. <laughs> Haley, thank you so much. Don't know that I have a chance of getting on the show, but yes. I appreciate you nominating me. You know, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. But no, I, I've, uh, I, I played a little bit in high school, but then I picked it up years ago, uh, here in Springfield over at Fun Acre and been playing over there for over 10 years now. And I've gotten pretty good on that course. I mean, when you play 7,000 plus rounds on one course, you probably, you know, get pretty good <laughs> at it. Uh, yes. But I've won a number of t- tournaments over there. Had my best year ever. Uh, won my uh, putting league this year. We have a Show Me Putters group that plays tournaments at Fun Acre. And then we have three courses that we play out in Branson now. We've expanded that over the last couple of years. And uh, I, our points race came down to the very end. And a good friend of mine, uh, Jody Kimball, who is a pro putter, I was able to beat him in the Tour Championship and win the whole darn thing. And it was so fun doing that this year. So, no, I love I love mini golfing. Uh, it's, it's fun. It's a nice little escape, you know, after a long day's work, it's fun to go over and, uh, and it's a lot cheaper than real golf too. Right. <laughs> yes. And you can get in several rounds. I mean, yeah. if, you know, oh, if it's I'll play nice four out. five, six rounds a day, depending on how much time I have and how nice the weather is. What's, what's therapeutic about it? What is it that, um, you know, it's relaxing. It can be competitive, yeah. but it's also therapeutic for you. What, what is that element? Well, you know, it, if you're not focused on just like in any sport, as you know, Jenny, if you're not focused on your game, it's tough. So if you bring any stresses of the day over there with you, they'll be reflected in your score. So what you have to do is you have to clear your mind while you're over there, and that it, that forces me. Now, I still get texts. I still have to stop sure. down sometimes and deal with business. But yet, for the most part, I'm able to just kind of put everything aside and just go out there and putt. And when I'm able to do that without thinking about distractions, that's when my scores are the best. It's so much mental, as you know, yes. athletics are physical, but they're much more mental than physical. Amen. Coach Percival, are you taking notes on this? Because I feel like I'm in a pregame talk. I feel like I'm sitting in a locker room. I'm getting a pregame talk from Don Luzader. That, that sounds like one of your pregame talks right. is what that sounds well, like. Well, I may have stolen some of her pregame yeah. talks from over the years. Right. <laughs> well, uh, this, this is going to be a lot of fun, and I want to give a shout-out to the organizers of the tournaments, and I want to give a shout-out to the Stripes, the officials that are also in this tournament. Um, they There have been um, a lot of officials that have looked at being able to call the pink and white lady classic and the blue and gold as a high honor in their career absolutely and it's only the best here in southwest missouri and eddie duggar by the way the dean of all blue and gold officials this year is his 29th year wow and he was just inducted into the missouri basketball coaches association inducted an official and um that was uh 
a nice honor for him as well. That uh, incredible that uh, a lot of officials take a lot of pride in being in both of these tournaments. Um, so remember that, Coach Percival, over there on the sideline, we're chatting with them. <laughs> I was just thinking, wow, that's impressive for Eddie being age ninety-three. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. He, he, I tell you what, he he's a good athlete, man. He gets up and down the court. He does. Yeah, he does. He does. He does a good he job. Does. By the yeah. way, Nolan McCauley, you know our good friend Nolan, and I know Scott, you know his son really well. Yes. Nolan is the dean of all officials uh, at the Blue and Gold. He called thirty-seven years worth of Blue and Golds, and no one has been able to. To match that, we've had uh, Nolan McCauley, Jim Vaughn, and Mike Brooks all hit thirty plus years, but Nolan, uh, Nolan has matched Nolan's thirty-seven years as an official. That's incredible. Well, the director of Greenwood Laboratory School, Dr. Ron Snodgrass, is in the top five. Yeah, I think he had 20, 22 he years is, um, worth. Yes, until he moved over to all football, since he's in the Big Ten now, and he has the the Sugar Bowl this year. Oh, that's so, great! Congrats yes. to Ron. So that is pretty cool that he's the Greenwood director and um, has that accolade as well. Well, thank you both for being here. we got a lot of great uh, information. Again, you can go to greenwood.missouristate.edu, go to athletics page, and you can see all the brackets. Thank you, Don, as always. Thank you, Jenny. Here. Always appreciate it. And thank you, Mike. Appreciate you being here. Glad to be here. We're going to move into our post-game talk. You can go to a coachesperspective.com and listen to um, previous shows and look at show lineups. And we want to thank Story Construction for sponsoring the post-game talk. Go to story, S-T-O-R-E-E dot com for more information. So traditions, you know, we started a new one this year. Um, we have, for my mom's birthday, I want to tell her happy birthday. We rented a limousine and we drove around, looked at Christmas lights and had some sparkling drinks and Christmas cookies. It was a tradition. The blue and gold and pink and white tournaments are traditions. I see more former players and alumni of schools at these tournaments than any other time of year. Traditions for generations to go to games and traditions for couples and, again, for alumni to meet up at reunions at the tournament. So here's your challenge. I want you to think about those traditions. Get out to these tournaments and enjoy the memories that you make, the time you spend, and the beauty of this holiday season. Happy holidays to everyone. And don't forget to be a good human and live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.